many of you appreciate the Lord today? Excited about what God's doing? There is a working of the Spirit of God. And I'm going to tell you, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. That's what Paul come to the captain of the ship when they got caught in that big storm in the book of Acts. Everybody said, it's going to die. And the angel of the Lord stood by Paul and told him, said, you're going to be all right. He said, you're going to go and stand before Caesar, but you're going to be shipwrecked and cast on a certain island. But ain't nobody on the ship going to lose their life. Paul went up to the captain of the ship and said, I told you not to lose some Crete. I told you not to set sail. He said, but I just want to tell you one thing. He said, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, and told me everything will be all right. And he said, for I believe God, that it shall be, even as it was told me. Hallelujah. Man, there's a working of the Spirit of God. You can feel something churning, burning and stirring. Hallelujah. And God is, I don't care what happens in this world. I'm in God's hands. Amen. I'm in God's hands. And you know, my, I was talking to my wife last night. She went home on Wednesday morning. And I've been here just praying and studying and reaching out to the Lord. And God bless my mother-in-law's heart. I love that woman. I'm going to tell you something. She prays. She talks to God. And God talks to her. And she was talking to Lisa. She said, the Lord reminded me. She said that he raised John up as a watchman to raise his voice and cry out when things is fixing to happen. And I can remember September the 9th, 2001. I sat on the church steps on the platform in Fort Payne, and the Spirit of the Lord screamed out of me, America, sin's fixing to find you out. It's fixing to find you out, America. And on the morning of September the 11th, 2001, y'all know what happened. We got hit. God had mercy on us because it could have been a lot worse. They were aiming for our capital. They were aiming for the White House. They were going to take our government out and throw this country in chaos. They tried to take our military out. But I'm going to tell you, it's a wake-up call for America. But America doesn't back asleep. She doesn't back asleep. She doesn't back asleep. You can't move her. I mean, people, people prayed to get this administration in, but now they quit praying. So don't be surprised what happens. I got peace. Because I'm going to tell you something, the, the day that hit, people everywhere panicked. They started crying. They started, they, fear just hit them. And you know, just these couple of little things that's happening in the news. I don't know how many texts I've had. Brother Matter, what do you think since World War III? People just panic, and you can feel the panic. You can feel the fear. You can feel the condemnation. You can feel the doubt. Something will have to move people. Something will have to move people. Even my oldest daughter, she was going to college in Gainesville. And she called me about noon. She said, Daddy. I said, what? She said, they've got us locked down here in school. She said, do you have something to do with this? 
I said, well, she said, you did, didn't you? I said, well, I don't know if I had anything to do with it or not, but God showed me what's fixing to happen. Because standing right there in our church, if you've never been to Fort Payne Church, we used to have rails on the front of the platform. There was an opening on each end. And standing right on that end, I heard the voice of President Delanor Roosevelt back in June. And he said, this day shall live in infamy. And the Lord told me, said, America's fixing to have another surprise attack and a hit, just like Pearl Harbor. said, only it's going to be on American soil this time. It's going to be on our soil this time. You better know these devils ain't through. And they're out to stop Christianity because it's a threat to them. Don't think it's going to stop them. They know it's going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. My heart's stirred because I'm going to tell you something. God can give me good messages and He can give me revelations, but every now and then the word of the Lord comes to me. When that word of the Lord comes to me, God said, you lift up your voice like a trumpet and you speak my word. And every time He does this, Pat, I do. I warn people. I warn people. You think everybody heard Jeremiah and Isaiah and them prophets when they prophesied? No, sir, but they're accountable. People are accountable to the word of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, there, there's something moving in the Spirit. There's something moving in the Spirit. And I heard the voice of the Lord real soft early Friday morning. And I'm going to go to 1 Kings 18. And I don't know how much of this I'll get into, but I'm going to tell you something. This word spoke in my spirit, and there was such a joy and such an excitement went into my spirit when I heard these words till it just... It just put something in my spirit. Y'all with me this morning? Hallelujah. Feel good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Feel good, feel good. Feel good, feel good, feel good. Hallelujah. First Kings 18. 41. Let's go back to 40. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let none of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Y'all realize Elijah slew 450 prophets of Baal. Killed 450 men, men with his own hand. <laughs> And then he turned around and told Ahab, said, get thee up, eat and drink. This next is what I heard God speak in my spirit. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. I heard that speak in my spirit early Friday morning. There is a sound of abundance of rain. Is it hard spiritually? Oh, yeah, it is. Is it dry spiritually? Anybody says dry spiritually? It was dry naturally there. But God's word in 1 Kings 17, 1, God spoke it. Elijah went straight to Ahab, and he said, these next days, he said, except according to my word, it's not going to rain or do. 
When Elijah told that to Ahab, Bible said he went and hid himself. God told him, he said, you get over by the brook, Kidroth. And he said, you stay there. He said, don't you go nowhere and don't you do nothing. Elijah stayed right there and hid himself. Ravens brought him bread and meat of a morning, brought him bread and meat of an evening. And just stayed right there till the brook dried up. Then when the brook dried up, the word of the Lord come to Elijah. He said, rise up, go to Zarephath. He said, for there I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. Word of the Lord came to him. So Elijah got all excited. He said, he's commanded a widow woman there to take care of me. He said, man, she must have money. She must have provision. She must have food. She must have all this stuff. Because God done told me she's going to take care of me. Now you see Elijah walking in the city. And there's a little old ragged woman out there gathering up these sticks. Elijah looking around for somebody, you know. And God said, that's her. Elijah took one, one look at her and said, that's who? He said, that's that widow woman going to sustain you. I said, she don't look like she got nothing. <laughs> so he walks up to her and said, ma'am. He said, I've come a long way. I need a little bit of water. She said, would you fetch me a, 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 a drink of water? She said, yeah, I'll do that. She started off to get it. He said, why are you going? Just bring me a cake of bread. Just bring me a cake of bread. She stopped and looked at him. Says, my soul liveth. She said, I have nothing. Except a little meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise. And said, I'm fixing to go fix a fire and dress it. That's what I'm gathering these sticks for. Me and my son are going to eat it. Then we're going to die because there ain't nothing else nowhere in the land. You know what Elijah told her? He said, you go fix for me first. You go take care of this word of the Lord first. And he said, if you'll do that. He said, God will sustain you. She went. She made him a cake. How can you see that boy sitting there watching, watching her bake that over the fire? Thought he was getting ready to eat. She said, no. She said, there's a man of God out there. So we fix and go feed him. We fix and go take care of him first. Went out there. Elijah eating that bread and drinking that water. How can you see that little boy sitting there just watching? His mouth watering. Just to watch it. Man, that man's eating my last meal. That man's eating everything I got that's going to keep me alive. And then Elijah, he got through eating. He said, ma'am, would you fix me another one? She said, man, I told you. He says, she said, that's all the meal, that's all the oil, that's everything I had. He said, yeah, and I told you, I, if you would fix me first, God would sustain. I, and man, she took off running back to her kitchen. I opened that meal barrel. There was enough meal in that barrel. I uncorked that cruise, looked down in it. There was enough oil there I, to sustain her and fix another. I, and for two and a half years, I, every time she went to that meal barrel I, and that oil cruise, I, there was meal in the barrel and all in the cruise uh, because she hearkened uh, to the word of the Lord. Uh, I'm not down and discouraged. Uh, my God, there's a sustaining uh, of the Spirit of God uh, and you get ready. Uh, there's a sound uh, of abundance of rain. Uh, there's a sound uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, fixing to break forth uh, throughout the earth. Hallelujah. 
get our eyes on too many things. Does it vex my flesh? Because we've labored up here so hard for two years and don't seem like nobody cares. Yeah, it can upset my flesh. But I'm here because God put me here. They're fixing to be a breaking forth. I done seen this church full. My wife done seen it full. God's done told me about revival in this area. God done told me about a visitation. And you get ready. You get ready. Because there was a famine. A sore famine. Everything was dying. Everybody was dying. Are you hearing me? And Elijah heard the word of the Lord. He said, go show yourself to Ahab. time for a showdown it's time for a showdown y'all hear me it's time for a showdown so Elijah went to find Ahab here come Obadiah and Ahab told Obadiah I said get out there and let's find some water let's find something maybe we can keep some of the horses alive so Obadiah run into Elijah he said oh my lord Elijah is that you he said yeah it's me he said go tell Ahab I'm here <laughs> Woo, go tell Ahab I'm here. Obadiah said, man, you won't get me killed? said, you won't get me killed? You won't get my head cut off? said, go as soon as I leave you. said, the Spirit of the Lord's going to catch you out and set you on the mountain somewhere. He said, there ain't nowhere that Ahab ain't looked for you these last three and a half years. There ain't nowhere he ain't looked for you. But see, God had Elijah in hiding. God had him hid out there by that brook Cherith. God had him hid down Zarephath. Uh, nobody knew he was there. He wasn't preaching. He wasn't prophesying. Uh, he wasn't doing anything. He was just he was just biding his time, waiting for the word of the Lord. Uh, and then the word of the Lord said, go show yourself. Uh, man, I've hid you these last three and a half years. Uh, now go show yourself. Go stand up for my word. Uh, go stand up uh, against these prophets of Baal. Go stand up against this spirit uh, of witchcraft in Jezebel. Go stand up against this spirit uh, of soothsaying uh, and witchcraft that's taking my people over. Uh, and stand up and ask them, uh, why hold ye between two opinions? Uh, if God be God, uh, then it's time to serve God. Are you all hearing me today? I'm telling you, there's a sound. Elijah didn't say, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. He said, there's a sound of abundance. He didn't say the abundance. He said, there is a sound of abundance, of rain. He didn't say, I hear. He didn't hear nothing. He knew it in his spirit. He knew what was fixing to happen in his spirit. I'm telling you by the spirit of God in me, there's a sound of abundance of rain. There's a sound of abundance of rain because God has promised us a moving of his spirit right in the middle of this famine, right in the middle when it's like everybody's give up. Everybody's turned loose. Everybody's ready to throw their hands up and quit. There's a sound of abundance of rain. Hallelujah. Glory. Mm -mm -mm. And nobody I said, man, said, did nobody tell you that I've took the prophets and said I've hit them in caves by fifties and fed them bread and water, trying to get them through this famine called Jezebel's hunting to kill them? He said, you trying to get me killed? He said, second God, go tell Ahab, you're going to show up. He said, you'll disappear. He said, no, go tell him. Go tell him, behold, Elijah's here. 
Go tell him the word of the Lord that got this thing in such a mess. Go tell him the word of the Lord that's tied him down. The word of the Lord that's put all this to a stop. The word of the Lord that's now going to set God's people free and bring them forth in a newness of the Holy Ghost. Go tell him it's here and get him and all his little prophets. Get him and all his little banny roosters up to Mount Carmel and we're going to see who God is. God fixing to reveal himself to be God. You hear me? The God I read about in this Bible, the God I read about in Moses, the God I read about in Joshua, the God I read about in Elijah and Elisha and Peter and Paul. I saw him just all of a sudden step on the scene. I saw this word of the Lord. It's like there was nothing there, and then I seen the horizon split. Just like that, the word of the Lord stepped on the scene, began to prophesy. Begin to tear down sin. Begin to tear down this spirit of religion and these forces that's got God's people back. I don't know what's happened to God's people. But the Lord spoke to me yesterday morning. He said, it's time for people to fight. People's lost their fight. They've lost their fight. Sister Pat, I grew up, my mom and daddy were praying people. Your mama was a praying person. Well, my mama, when I grew up and come up, I was born in 52. My mom and daddy got the Holy Ghost in 1948. My mama's 92 years old now. Had the Holy Ghost. Next year will be almost 70 years she's had the Holy Ghost. 70 years. In the center of our home was praying. The center of our home was the teaching of the Word. We didn't have all these entertainment centers and television and all this stuff. Daddy traveled on the road to make a living for six kids and preach. And, and then he he was gone sometime during the week. Mama would get us around her big old recliner, her big old easy chair, and live with him every night and teach us the Word of God. I've seen God heal broke bones. I've seen God heal my little brother. My little brother, four years old, fell out of a tree and popped his bone right here and is about to come through the skin. And my daddy laid his hands on it and spoke the word of God that went back together. I ain't talking about in church. I'm talking about in the kitchen of our house. I, my, my sister, I, she's not my oldest sister, but next to it, I, she stuck her hand in an old ringer washer. I, y'all remember when they got the, uh, got the motor on them? It was one thing. They come out with a crank and then they got the motor on them. I, and mama went outside to hang up close and leave it alone don't bother it well she wanted to help mama she grabbed her stool I, went over and reached down in there and got some clothes I, and stuck it up in that ringer and when he did it pulled her arm through and snapped her collarbone I, she screamed mama running the house daddy I, praying for service that night coming there and her collarbone snapped I, God put it back together I, that's the God that I grew up serving I, that's the reality of God I, it was in our home it was in our home. Where's the God? People need to get God back in their homes. The reason it was there, they prayed. Pneumonia, measles, mumps, chicken pox. Mama turned a whole water bath canner full of jelly on her hand. Blisters popped up all over her hand. I was about two years old. Daddy upstairs praying, had to preach that night. We lived up in Ohio at the time. Heard her scream come down. Grabbed her by the arm and spoke the word of the Lord to it. And every blister dried up. 
I'm talking about right there before I said one little old spot and she'd show it to you. Right there, about the size of a dime, she asked God, said, why didn't you heal that? He said, I left that there to remind you of my glory and my healing power. Are you listening to me, church? Are you listening to me? It's time for people to fight and get back to God. We've sat down and let the devil. I ain't telling you you got to go cast out devils. I ain't telling you that you got to go do these things that's ordained for ministry. But there should be a spirit of healing and deliverance, a spirit of faith and prayer in your home. In your home. It ain't no wonder God ain't moving. We've got away from him. Who's quiet in here today? We've got away from him. It's time to get back to God. It's time to get back to God. Are y'all hearing me? It's time to get back to God. Glory. Hosea 6. Man, I appreciate the Lord today. Hallelujah. I'd rather this church be full of them standing outside. Yeah, but that's coming. See, what people don't know about me when God tells me something. I'm like what they call a bulldog. I'll get a hold of it and you can't, you can't break me loose. When God tells me something, I get a hold of it. You can't break me loose. You can't make me doubt it. Doesn't matter who says what. Doesn't matter how much they mock, how much they criticize, how much they cast my name out as evil. Doesn't matter. Oh, I, I know. People say, Brother Metter missed it coming to LJ. Brother Metter didn't miss it. I'm here by the divine will of God. Y'all hear me? I'm here by the divine. You're in this church by the divine will of God. The door of this church opened by the divine will of God. This church was built and placed here by the divine will of God. You hear me? I, I'm not in the wrong place. I'm moving in God's time. I, it may not be man's time, but it's God's time. I, I'm moving in God's timetable. Are y'all hearing me? I, is everything dry? Yeah. I, by God, I think the brook's dried up. I, hallelujah. But I ain't worried about it. I, because when one provision dries up, God will make another one. I, as long as you're walking in the mind and will of God, it don't matter what dries up. I, God's going to provide another one if a hundred springs dries up I, man God will say go dig a well I, well glory I, somebody praise God with me today because I, I feel a working of the spirit of God I, and there's a sound of the abundance of rain there's a sound there's a sound there's a sound Hosea 6 verse 1 Says Deborah, you know, first time I ever preached this, I preached this in your living room. 2007. 2007. Come. Let us return unto the Lord. Let's do what? Well, evidently, if we need to return, we've gotten away from him. I don't care who people are. They ain't, people ain't praying like people used to pray. They ain't seeking God like they used to. The presence and spirit of God in people's homes and lives like it used to be. That's why everywhere you turn now, people are sick, they're diseased. They're bound with something. Something's coming upon them. 
me tell you something. I seen the devil hit my family uh, with all kind of sickness and disease. Uh, I seen my baby sister when she was a year old uh, dying with double pneumonia in the basement of a Jewish synagogue in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, double pneumonia in her lungs. She couldn't breathe. Uh, but mom and daddy went to prayer. Uh, and the Spirit of the Lord stepped in uh, and raised her off her deathbed. Doctors didn't do it. Uh, penicillin didn't do it. Oxygen didn't do it. Uh, the power uh, of Almighty God stepped in. Uh, and the reason it did, uh, they prayed and sought the Lord. Uh, they lived by the Word and they believed God. Uh, God's Word says, uh, My Word will be health to thy navel uh, and mortal to all thy bones. Got to believe. Got to believe. So hear the prophet saying, Y'all listen to me. Come on. Let's return to the Lord. Let's return to the Lord. Why would you not want the presence in the Spirit of God on every inch of your property? Why would you not want the presence and blessings of God on your home, on your sons, on your daughters, on your family? Why would you not want it? You can have it. You can have it. I said you can have it, but we got to come back to God. We got to come back to God. I told the devil when the Lord spoke that to me, I said, buddy, old boy, I said, you better get ready. I said, you in for a fight. You in for a fight. I said, I am to the place now I refuse to let this disease abide in my body any longer. I refuse. The Lord's put me through a trial. He's let me have to go through this to give me an understanding of what people fight when they've got this. But last time I was in Jasper, Alabama, that lady I prayed for, her A1C was up in the 20s. They could not get it down. All kind of medication. They couldn't get it down. And I prayed for her, and they got her A1C down, something like four point something. And she went on for about a few months and took her medicine. And I was over her last time. She said, Brother Metter, I just want you to know. She said, God's healed me. I said, I ain't taking nothing. I ain't got no high sugar. I ain't got no headaches. I ain't got no dizziness. I ain't having no fainting spells. She said, my sugar's where it ought to be. She said, God has healed me. Buddy, I started shouting. I started shouting. You know why? she come through her trial she trusted uh, she dared to believe God uh, there was something in me for years uh, I would dare to believe God I would stare death in the face uh, I would stare adversity right in the eyeballs uh, and I'd say for I believe God uh, I feel it coming back uh, I feel that resurrected faith uh, I feel something begin to move uh, way down in here because God said return uh, unto me uh, and I'll come back to you is that what his word says? I'm going to tell you when you get to famine. All food don't go away. There's still food. Just ain't enough. And in a famine, people die. There's people that have died spiritually. Because we're in a famine. The word of the Lord in, in Amos the 8th chapter. The 11th verse, the Lord said, I'll call for a famine. Not for bread, nor for water, but of the hearing of the word of the Lord. Did you know that word right there, hearing, means obedience? 
He said, I'll call for a fangman, and people will quit obeying the word of the Lord. He said, but yet they're going to run to and fro, seeking a word from God and can't find it. You know, people hear about somebody prophesying. They hear about revival. They hear about what they think is miracles, the great move of God. They'll drive, they'll drive 100 miles. Easy. Why? They need something. They need something. You know what people are looking for? Quick fix. They're looking for something to satisfy the flesh. But they won't take the word that'll do them any good. They won't take the word. And the Lord said they're going to run to and fro seeking a word from the Lord and can't find it. They ain't going to be able to find it. God has shut the word of the Lord up. Are y'all hearing me? He shut it up. You know, if you read 1 Samuel, the third chapter, it starts out about the third verse, and it says, And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Do y'all know how precious the true word of God is today? Do you know how precious the true word of God is today? My God, I get so sick of going to churches and listening to people preach. And all it is is emotionalism. All it is is drama. All it is is acting. It's hard to find a true word from God. It's hard to try to uh, find somebody that's fasting and praying and seeking God and preaching by the mind of the Spirit. That's the reason we need this outpouring of the Holy Ghost to come back in and set the church in order. Get the church out of the mess she's in. Because I'm going to tell you something. What people call him the Holy Ghost and what's moving in the church today, they call him the Holy Ghost. Ain't the Holy Ghost God poured out on the day of Pentecost. It is not. It is not. It's so far from it and things are so far out of order. But here God's talking to us. Come. Y'all come back to me. Y'all come return unto me. Y'all return unto me. And if you'll return unto me, I'll return unto you. But everybody wants to serve God in their own way. Everybody wants to serve God in their own understanding. They don't want to sit under leadership. They don't want to take counsel. They don't want to come under subjection to anything or anybody. Let me tell you something. You can't come under subjection to the word of the Lord and sit under leadership. You'll never lead. You'll never You'll never touch one phase of ministry uh, or call that God's put in your life. Uh, you may run around, shout, preach, prophesy uh, but you'll be doing it in rebellion. Uh, you'll be doing it out of order. You'll be doing it uh, by God because God has an order for ministry. Uh, God has an order uh, and God has a season to try you uh, and test you uh, and bring you forth uh, and it starts with obedience. Didn't get your first amen off of that. It's all right. It's true anyhow. It's true anyhow. I don't care what kind of call of God you've got on your life. I don't care what kind of dedication you've got. You can't just go out here and start a church. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. You've got to know that it's God's divine will, and you've got to have some experience. I've seen so many people start churches. They don't have the experience to govern their own lives, keep their own lives in order. When the Lord spoke to me to go to Fort Payne, I had 22 years of full-time evangelism. And ain't no telling how many thousands of services I'd preached. Been all over the world. And when God put me in that church... I still had to fast and pray and seek the mind and the face and the will of God 
because I'm going to tell you it was completely different than just going out there and preaching on the evangelistic field. After 17 years, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you've done the work of an evangelist. That's what he told me. He said, you've done the work of an evangelist. He said, you've become an evangelist. After 17 years, he said, you've become an evangelist. And then just a little while down the road, about five years, he snatched me up, put me to pastor. After he let me fall off a roof and break myself all up, spent two months flat on my back in the hospital bed in my own room. Spent five days in the hospital waiting to see what they thought they could do for me. Then when the doctor come in and told my wife, he said, well, we're going to cut him here and we're going to cut him there and we're going to put a metal plate here and a metal plate there and we're going to do this. The doctor left room. I said, you can just go get my discharge papers and take me home. I said, they ain't cutting on me. I done seen too many people cut on. And I said, I done seen too many miracles. I said, I'll just wait on my miracle. So the doctor come back in the next day. He said, well, he said, we decided just put an elastic back brace on him and send him home. And it was probably well over two months where I could move without a cane or a walker. And I hurt. I went through some bad hurts, went through some bad pains, went through a spirit of torment and depression that tried to cause me to give up on God. Be sitting there in my room every morning like a dark cloud, Brother Donald, and I'd wake up, and that, that voice out of that cloud hanging in the corner of my room would speak to me and said, You failed God. Said, Your faith has failed you. God's failed you. God's rejected you. Said, You'll never preach again. You'll never have another miracle again. You'll never fulfill the call of God on your life. Said, Because you didn't have surgery, you'll never walk right again. You'll walk with a limp. You'll stay in pain the rest of your life. Pain tormented me for over a month trying to get me to back up and deny God and lose my faith in God and refuse. And I told the devil, I said, devil, I made you a promise a long time ago. I said, you get me down flat on my back, I'll kick you to death with both feet. And I said, buddy, you fixing to get kicked because I will not. See, y'all don't know me. Y'all don't know the fight that's in me. Y'all don't know the determination to possess what God has told me. There's a determination in me, and I'll fight it, and I'll press for it, and I'll knock, and I'll seek and ask till I take my last breath because I believe what God has said he's able to perform. I truly believe that what God has promised, he is also able to perform it. Are you hearing me? The Bible said in Romans 4 that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but believed that what God had promised, he was able also to perform it. God told him he was going to give him a son. 75, and he tried for 12 or 13 years and Sarah couldn't conceive so he went in under Hagar conceived uh, the seed through the bondwoman that ain't what God said God said Sarah's going to have a son so when he was 100 God visited him you hear me? When Sarah was 90, God, had, God visited him. And Sarah heard the voice of the Lord tell Abraham about this time next year. He said, the time of life is going to turn back to Sarah. Y'all going to come together. She going to conceive. And you going to have that son I promised you 25 years ago. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how dead it is. I don't care how many people come out here and say, Brother Metter, you're wrong. We ain't coming. Don't come. God is fixing to give 
give us brand new people, a brand new generation, a brand new seed. By God, when the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, and Peter come out preaching about Jesus, the Bible said the Spirit of God pricked them in their hearts and said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter turned around and baptized them and added 3,000 to the church. Don't tell me God's hand is short. Tell me God can't deliver. You talking to the wrong person. I done seen God do too many things. According to history, that was the year 30 A.D. It wasn't just a few months after that, Peter and John started up to the temple. What's the Bible says? Well, the ninth hour was the hour of prayer. How many times did they walk by that gate and that man sitting there had that little cup out saying alms? Homes with the poor. How many times do you think Jesus passed him by? How many times do you think the rest of the apostles passed him by? Just sitting there. But this time when they passed him by, something caught Peter's ear. Something caught Peter's ear. Why? It was God's time. It was God's time, and there was an act of God in the earth. Are y'all listening to me? My God, there's an act of God now. It's in the earth. And all we're waiting on is the word of the Lord to step on the scene. Step on the scene. Peter stopped. Looked at that man said, look on us. He fastened his eyes on him expecting to receive something. Oh, he received something, okay. Because Peter, John said, silver and gold have we none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus. He reached down, took him by the hand, said, rise up and walk. That man got healed. He got noised abroad. 5,000 more was added to the church because they believed that miracle. They went throughout Jerusalem. After the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the very last verse in Acts 2, it says, And great grace was upon them all, and there was added unto the church daily, such as should be saved. And God has told us, I'm bringing that spirit back I'm bringing it back but I ain't gonna stop there once I restore that then I'm gonna take you into the latter rain but see all of us have been right here where Hosea's talking when I preached at your house we'd gone through a devastating fire In 2003, 2000, I fell off a roof and busted myself up. And I was eight to nine months getting back on my feet. And when I got back on my feet, still couldn't move good, went to Fort Payne, started the church there. And God just started dropping things in place. We started dropping things in place. We started in a house in the spring of the year. Or we was going to start in the spring of the year. And I got hurt. So it was July before I ever really got in there to preach much. And then we found an empty church building down the road. We tried to rent it, and they said, no, we've rented it, rented it, rented it. We don't want to rent it. We won't sell it. So I asked the guy, I said, what do you want for it? And he told me. I went and started praying about it. 
Then I had to fly to Canada. A preacher camp meeting for a good friend of mine, Brother Franklin Walden. He had had a heart attack. I mean, great faith, great deliverance preacher. Had a lot of miracles back in the 50s and 60s, but had a heart attack in the 90s and had another one. You know, and he just couldn't go preach his camp meeting. He had founded a church up in Canada. Called me and asked me to fly up and preach it for him. While I was gone, people got together. Went and talked to that man, talked the price down, bought the church. Had our first service in it. We had to go in and put light, didn't have no lights in it. Done some remodeling on it. Opened the first service, church paid for it. Why? God's mind. God's will. God's provision. Are y'all hearing? Are y'all hearing? God ain't through in Fort Payne. Brother Michael's baptizing. Lady come to church last week. He's baptizing her this afternoon. He said he got another family with three kids coming. What's God begin to do? Draw. Draw. Where are we at? What did Hosea say? Let's return to the Lord. For he has torn us. But he will heal us. He's smitten us. But he'll bind us up. Anybody that's really got a desire to serve God has been torn. They've been smitten. But God has stepped back and let it happen. God has been purging and bringing the people forward to see who's really going to fight and who's going to stay the course and keep the faith. That's the reason. I don't know what the word give up and quit means. When it comes to God, I don't know how to do that. All I know how to do is fight. That's all I know how to do. When I got down flat on my back in 2000 and could not get on my feet, I beat the devil to death with the Word of God. I couldn't even set myself up in the hospital. We're in the hospital bed and kept it our bedroom stood back two months. I couldn't even set myself up. Them ribs was broke. That arm, that elbow right there was fractured. I had my L5 crushed, my L1 out of place. My pelvic bone was separated from the base of my spine all the way down my tailbone, about three-quarters of an inch. I went through some pain. On top of dealing with a tormenting spirit, but being in that shape, Brother Donald, people would call me on the telephone and my wife would bring me the telephone and I'd talk to them and pray the prayer of faith for them and God would give them divine miracles and me laying there hurting and suffering. And sometimes pain was more than I could bear, but God always undertook. But they could call and I could pray the prayer of faith for them over the phone God give them miracles. See, it don't matter what condition I'm in, it don't dampen my faith. It don't dampen my faith. I can be hurting so bad in my body I can't see straight. And I can still speak the word of God to you. And God give you a miracle. Why? I believe God. I know what he's put in me. I know this word. I know this anointing. I know this revelation. I know this mystery God revealed in me. But here Hosea is saying, look, God's torn y'all. But he's going to heal you. He's smitten you. But he's going to bind you up. He said, after two days, he'll revive us. 
two days. A day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. So it's been about 2,000 days or two days or 2,000 years since Jesus hung on the cross. He said, ever since the gospel come in, he said, my people being smitten. They've been torn. He said, but now at the end of this second day, he said, I'm going to revive them. Third day, I'm going to raise them up in the power of this resurrection, and they're going to live in my sight. But listen at the promise he's made us in verse 3. I hope this is doing something for y'all. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. You know, people have quit following on to know the Lord. They've come into a little salvation experience. They got a little bit of tongues. They got a little bit of Holy Ghost. And they just sat down. In the 45 years I've served God, I ain't never sat down and I ain't never lost my hunger. Never lost my hunger. Never lost the desire for God to reveal itself in a greater way. I used to every year on my birthday, I'd pray and petition the Lord, God, do something greater this year. This year, it's out there ahead of me. God, when I get this time next year, I, I want to see you move greater. I want to see you reveal yourself greater. I want to see more souls saved. I always petition him, Brother Donald. God, do something greater. You know why? Because I knew there was more to God than just sit down waiting for the Lord to come take his church home. The church has been cheated. Theology and doctrine has blinded the church, and they've been cheated by the authority and dominion of the kingdom of God. But there's people out there looking for something. There's people out there who knows there's something more. I talk to people and I start revealing this kingdom to them. They say, I knew there was something more. I knew there was something more to God than what I was being told. And that's the way I was because I go talk to people and they try to tell me this is all there was to God. I said, nah, huh? You'll never make me believe that. I said, man, I seen more than this when I was a boy. <laughs> I seen greater miracles in my home than what preachers are having in revivals. <laughs> Tell me that's all there is to God. You talking to the wrong dummy. <laughs> you talking to the wrong person. You ain't never going to make me believe that we come to the end of God. So right here he said, then shall you know. If you follow on to know the Lord, he's going forth. Y'all see this? There's a going forth. There's a going forth of the Spirit of God. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Is that not what he told Joel? Did he not tell Joel the exact same thing? Did he not tell Joel, if you go over to Joel 2, and you look at verse 23, he said, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain, in the first month. Does that not say exactly what, Amos, uh, what Hosea said? Did he not say his going forth is prepared as the morning? What's the morning? The dawning of a new day. The Lord told me this first month was a new beginning. So there's something working in the Holy Ghost. There's something moving in the Spirit. And all I'm trying to do is get myself positioned uh, where I can tell you I am conditioned. I just won't be in the right position. I ain't preparing no more. 
I didn't prepare it all I can prepare. I told the Lord one time here a while back, I said, look, them, them disciples was only with Jesus three and a half years. I said, I've been serving you 45. I said, surely in 45 years you can do what you've done in them in three and a half. I said, so there ain't no more conditioning. There's only so much conditioning you can do without the Spirit of God filling you up. I said, I ain't conditioning no more. I said, I'm just positioning. I'm just positioning. You know what you're doing driving that truck. You back that thing into that dock, you don't stop 20 feet short of that dock. Because you do, you're in the wrong position. You're very well conditioned to drive that truck, know exactly what you're doing. But you've got to get in the right position. Because if you don't get in the right position, you can't unload. And they can't load. So it ain't conditioning. Because he says, my going forth is already prepared as the morning. It's already prepared as a new season. It's already prepared as a beginning. It's already prepared. The first month is coming. <laughs> it's coming. I'm conditioned. There's a lot of people I believe here in this word hungry for God. Just ever I believe they're conditioned. But are they positioned? Big difference. You can be conditioned and not be positioned and still miss what God wants to do in your life. I'm conditioned. I'm getting positioned. Y'all hear me? I'm getting positioned. Because God said my going forth is already prepared. As the morning, as the rising of the sun. I was talking to Sister Daniels here about a month. said brother matter you remember you had that vision about the sun I said yeah I remember way back in 95 Lord took me out in the vision I was just staring at the in the darkness of the eastern sky he said just watch it wasn't just a little bit things begin to get light and it got a little lighter and then it got a little lighter and then it got a little lighter didn't see the sun yet
Because I'm going to tell you something. If you want to throw a pity party, I can sit down and throw one with you. We can throw a good pity party. We can tell each other how bad we're having it and how hard it is. And But Donald, I just don't know what to do, man. I've been up here two years and I can't get people to come. But they won't bring that old religious spirit. I don't want them to know how. So I'm just kind of trying to rot in a hard place. Just betwixt and between. I want somebody hungry for God. I want somebody that ain't going to serve up gar- garbage and religion and call it the gospel. I want something that's got life in it, got healing, got deliverance. Y'all with me? You know, I know since me and my wife started eating different and Brother Justin started eating different, there's a lot of good stuff out there to eat. Smells good, tastes good. Satisfies your flesh, but it's not good for you. People are eating a lot of stuff spiritually. Smells good, tastes good, but it ain't doing nothing for them spiritually. It's actually tearing their spiritual man down. It's actually tearing you down spiritually. Because the Word tells us. He said, that outward man may perish, but that inward man is renewed day by day. And when you ain't renewing this inward man spiritually, the only thing you can do is give him a good shout outwardly. Feel good. And that's what people's gone to. They've gone to a feel-good gospel. Did you know the word of the Lord in Psalms 106? said they forgot about his miracles. Got him out there in the wilderness. They forgot about his miracles. And then they wouldn't wait and seek his counsel. So God gave them up to the lust of their flesh to give them what they wanted. But you know what it said it brought to them? Leanness of soul. Leanness of soul. How many people do you know today their souls are in? Oh, they talk about God, how great He is, how big He is, what He'll do, His miracles, but there's no manifestation, there's no demonstration. Paul said, I didn't come to y'all with enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't come to y'all with great swelling words. He said, I didn't come to y'all telling y'all God was fixing to do a spasmodic epidemic and repercussion. Paul said, I came to you plainly in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God that your faith wouldn't stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith might stand in the power of God. Amen. There is a sound of abundance of rain. Elijah killed 450 prophets of Baal. Turn around to Wahab and said, you better get up, you better eat and drink. He said that the rain stopped him not. Hadn't rained three and a half years. Wasn't a cloud in the sky. Elijah went up on top of Carmel, throwed himself down on the earth, put his head between his knees and started praying. Because he had already told Ahab, it's going to rain. 
See, he perceived in his spirit, man. He didn't hear it. He didn't say, I hear a sound. That's not what he said. He said, there is a sound of abundance, not the abundance of abundance of rain. There's a sound. I heard that voice speak real soft inside of me early Friday morning. About 6, 6.30, sometimes I'll, most time I'm up by 4, 4.30, and I'll go sit in the living room and read or put the Bible on, just listen to scriptures or pray, and I just sit there listening to the word and heard that voice just real soft. A lot of times God speaking to me, he'll thunder, man. It's like a explosion, but I heard it real soft. There is a sound of abundance of rain. And I felt an excitement go down inside of me. You know why? It's fixing to rain. It's fixing to rain. He went up and cast himself down on the earth, put his head between his knees, and he was right on the seacoast. I looked all this up. That place in Carmel where they think he was, he was right on the seacoast. He was up on top of that mountain. He'd send his servants to go look. He'd go look, come back and say, ain't nothing out there. Seven times he sent him. Seven times he sent him. And last time he come back, he said, there's, there's just a little cloud out there. Looks like a man's hand. That's all Elijah needed. He said, that's enough. That's all he needed. Rain clouds, that's all he needed. And he went down and told Ahab, he said, man, you better get up and ride. He said, it's fixing to rain. Elijah girded himself up. They said he run before Ahab's chariot to the entrance of Jezreel. I was looking it up today. They said, depending on where he come from, it was 17 to 30 miles that Elijah run before he had his chariot by the Spirit of the Lord and said the heavens grew dark with clouds and a great rain came. Are you ready for it to rain? Are you ready for it to rain? Then let's start fighting for it. Let's start pressing for it. Let's start believing God. You say, well, Brother Matter, God promised it. God promised the children of Israel the land over Jordan. But do you know when they went over? They went over armed to go to war. When they went toward Jericho, I can show you the scripture in Joshua. said 40,000 men armed to go to war headed to Jericho to possess. We are well able. Is that not what God told us? We're well able to possess the land. We're well able to move forward. We're able to move forward. Because when God spoke to Joel and told him he's going to give us the rain, the former and the latter rain, he said, it's going to come down. He said, and when it does, he said, I'm going to restore to you the years. Everything that's been taken away from you. Well, the only thing that's been stripped from God's people is the outpouring of the former rain on the day of Pentecost. It's been totally taken away from God's people. The power, the authority, the dominion, the life they lived. Man, they lived such a life that the Bible said they were first called Christians at Antioch. Why? Because they practiced the teachings of Christ. And such miracles and such deliverance shook Jerusalem to thousands upon thousands upon thousands were saved. The only place I've seen that kind of people saved is on the mission field in India. 
Y'all can believe this or not, but I've seen 100,000 a night come and stand and accept the Lord. Be there 30 days and see a million lives touched. But at the same time in that 30 days, there was another million and something born. It's going to be raised up under idolatry. The harvest is ripe. Y'all know that? The harvest is ripe. But who's got the skills? Who's got the skills? Who's gifted? Who's anointed? Who's seeking? Who's knocking? Who's going to be able to go out there and bring them souls in? somebody got to bring them in. I can't do it all. The Lord showed me what he'd do in this church. And he said, we got to get together and pray. So far, I ain't been able to get people together in one mind and one accord as a body to really pray and press. I keep telling God. I said, I don't know what this. I said, there's an answer somewhere. And I'm going to keep pressing until I find it. I'm going to find the answer. And when I find the answer, and I move into what God's commissioning me to do, and telling me to do, people are going to start coming. I was talking to Brother Michael yesterday, and he said, he said, I've been telling people. I said, Pastor, you told them, get ready, people are coming. He said, at one time we had young people. Now we don't have no young people. He said, but now all of a sudden, he said, I got seven kids. He said, no, I don't have no Sunday school. don't have no Sunday school teacher. don't have, no, I have nobody. To, all of a sudden, I got seven kids. You know, when we first started the church here, we thought we was going to have seven or eight. People just went their own way, done their own thing. But they're coming. They're coming back. Don't you worry about it. They're coming back. And the ones that don't, God's going to bring new ones in. Y'all appreciate the Lord. There is a sound. You write that down right. You get it on that CD right. There is a sound of abundance of rain. 1 Kings 18.41. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. God spoke it to us in Hosea. God spoke it to us in Joel. God spoke it to us in 1 Kings. Church can prove what they want to. The Holy Ghost did not get poured out on all the earth on the day of Pentecost. It got poured out on 120. God's fixing to pour it out in a greater measure, and he's fixing to reach more people than he's ever reached. But it still ain't going to be poured out on all the earth yet. God's just making up his body, getting a group of people ready, equipped, labors, getting a church ready to join himself in marriage. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, I got to breaking that word down the other night, Tuesday night in Bible study, and I guess I went for over an hour. Sometimes that thing gets to going, and I just can't find the stopper to stop it. It just flows out of me, and that's a good thing. We need somebody to teach us the Word of God. Amen. We need to learn. You appreciate the Lord. I've enjoyed what God's done here today. I hope you've enjoyed the Word today because God has a purpose for all of us. I'm conditioned. I just need to find a position. So I ain't praying for conditioning. Because I'm going to tell you, when God poured the Holy Ghost out on the day of Pentecost, he poured it out in one place. That was that upper room. If you wasn't there, you didn't get it. Well, God didn't pour it out all over Jerusalem. He poured it out right there. So it's just as important to be positioned as it is to be conditioned. 
when he sent Peter to the house of Cornelius, if you wasn't right there. God didn't pour it out in that whole city where Cornelius was. He poured it out on the house of Cornelius. Amen. God's got a time. He's got a purpose. To everything, there's a season. Is that what the word says? To everything, there's a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. There's a time for this purpose of this reigns of the Holy Ghost. And I want to be in the right position. I want to be in the right position. Amen. I hope this is making sense to y'all. I hope it's making sense to you. Because, see, I don't know how big that famine was. But it affected a lot of people. But when Elijah started praying for it to rain, it rained. But if you wasn't where it was raining, you got to get where the move of God is. Amen. I'm positioned right here. Because it's where God put me. That's where God put me. When this rain comes in, do I believe God's going to move outside the walls of this church? I'm expecting God to do that just any time. I'm expecting God to do that just any time. Amen. I appreciate the Lord today. You know, everybody's don't wish me a happy Easter. Because Easter... They ain't got nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus. You know what was Easter in the book of Acts? And it's going to put Peter to death. They hadn't started commemorating the death and resurrection of Jesus yet. But they'd already put John to death. They had already put John to death, put Peter in prison. The Bible said, intending Easter, they're going to they're execute him. So Easter ain't got nothing to do with the resurrection. Everybody's, you know, they're hollering happy Easter and all this stuff and so, I chimed in this morning. Oh, I, I chimed in, but Hallelujah. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward? who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality in power and might and dominion in every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come I said that's what the resurrection means to me it ain't just that he arose and forgives sin. He arose and took authority and dominion over everything. And he said, now this power is coming to you. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead? That's, that's my resurrection word. That's what he wrought in Christ. Gave him dominion over everything in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. That's what Jesus said when he stood there and talked to them disciples in Matthew 28. He said, now, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. 
He said, I got power over everything in heaven. I got power over everything in earth. And I got power over everything under the earth. Y'all listening to me? He said, I wrought this in. This was wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And I remember the Lord give me that vision. I saw it. He said, this ain't just a resurrection. He said, this is a reconciliation. He said, this makes the way for man to go back where I created him and placed him in that garden, in that kingdom, in the fullness of God. You stay in religion if you want to. I'm getting positioned. <laughs> I'm getting positioned. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Go to prayer with me and let's ask God to bless this word in our spirits. Father, I thank you for this word, Lord. God, for the people's hearts that are open to the working of your spirit. Lord, there's got to be a moving of your spirit to draw hearts together. Lord, we've got to come together in one mind for one accord, one purpose. Give us what it takes, Lord, that determination, that strength, that wisdom. God, just stand up and quote the word. Lord, for I believe your word. When you said your word would be health to our navel, more to our bones. You said it'd be health to all our flesh. I believe you, God. But, Lord, we've got to take that word and fight for it. I believe that we can come to the place that we can know you in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your supper. But, Lord, we've got to fight for it. I believe you'll give us the keys of the kingdom. And you'll open up the revelation of the word of God that upon that revelation, upon this rock, you'll build a church that the gates of hell can't prevail against it. I believe it, Lord. But, God, we've got to fight for it. We've got to possess this, Lord. For the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, but only the violent shall take it by force. Lord, I know I'm conditioned. Just help me get positioned. I give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. I appreciate the Lord today. I'm going to ask you to please honor God in your giving. We're going to have to do something about it. Our air conditioner went out in our travel trailer. And it's hot enough in a house without an air conditioner. But it sure enough gets hot. And Brother Justin's went out too. So had a man come out there and check it. And he said, it's just shot. He said, you can't fix them. You can't replace nothing in them to do any good. And he said, your compressor's gone. He said, you just... Might as well go ahead and plan on getting another one. So I said, well, what kind of money are you talking about? He said, to get the unit and put it in, about $850. I said, okay, we'll call you. <laughs> so, but, ain't no surprise to the Lord. The Lord's got a plan. Amen. The Lord's got a plan. All I can encourage you to do is honor the Lord in thy substance. First fruit, all thy increase. He said, you do that, he said, your barns will be filled with plenty. Your presses will break out with new wine. Amen. It's a blessing. It's a promise. It's an honor to be able to give to God to send this kind of word, whether you realize it or not, it's an honor. Would you stand and come and be obedient and obey the Lord today? I appreciate the Lord and his goodness. Hallelujah.
to me this word is very strengthening and very encouraging okay uh i i think it's sitting in there in the office brother donald i think i seen it sitting on my desk and i meant to bring it out i got caught up in what i was uh, studying and i'm gonna tell you something i get excited about the word of god People get excited about a lot of things. I get excited about Jesus. I can't. You know, every year March rolls around. Everybody goes crazy over this March Madness and basketball stuff. I, that stuff makes me so vexed in my spirit. I don't care nothing about sports. I don't care nothing about the Super Bowl. Because it ain't going to change nothing. No matter who wins, who loses, they ain't going to change one thing. The Word of God's what matters. Amen. You obeyed the Lord today. You done what's right in God's sight. Praise God. Let's go to prayer. Father, I thank you for this Word. Lord, give us the conditioning. Give us the positioning. God, I believe we're conditioned. I just want to be in the right place, the right time, and I want to be believing, Lord. For I know what you spoke in my spirit. There's a sound of abundance of rain. I believe it, Lord. God, I don't know when, where, what you're going to do. But I do feel like something's going to happen in Fort Payne. Lord, I felt it ever since you dealt with me back around the first of the year to have the meeting. I just, I just feel like you're gathering us together in prayer and seeking your face, God. I feel like it's the mind of the Spirit. There's many people can be there to be there. God, I'm reaching out to people. I'm encouraging people to come. But, Lord, I'm not going for a shouting meeting. I'm not going just to have a good time. I'm going to be positioned to what you want to do. Give us understanding, Master. We give you honor. We thank you for this offering. Thank you for the people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All hearts and minds clear. Uh, far as I know, uh, I know Brother Michael, of course it's going to depend. we got a daughter-in-law fixing to have a baby. So, But I know Brother Michael is planning on coming up. And he's encouraging people to come up for that Sunday, but I think he's going to come up and be here Friday, Saturday, and suppose we're going to put the tent up. So as far as I know, most of the people are planning on coming for the homecoming. Yeah. So y'all just pray that I won't see her have that baby around the 1st of May. She's supposed to come about what, the 10th? Do the 16th. So we need to go ahead and get that over with. We just need to go ahead and get that done. Right after camp meeting, we need to get that done. <laughs> yeah, I know she's ready to get it done. I've been with my wife, and she had three, and you get so far along, you're ready to get it over with. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh, bless your heart. Ha, <laughs> ha.
All right, we got prayer meeting tomorrow night, 7.30, and then Bible study Tuesday night at 7.30. Let's join together. Let's fight for what God wants to do here. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Y'all count yourself dismissed. And show one another the right hand of fellowship.